on this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, a presentation of our YouTube channel, The Recap, and available audio only wherever you get your podcasts. Gordon Wittenmeyer, my partner, and I discuss what the Cubs could possibly do at the trade deadline. Want a third baseman? I do. How about you? Want some relief help? I want a couple, a righty and a lefty. And they're not far from Wrigley. Welcome in to our Cubs Recap Podcast, the presentation of our YouTube channel here on The Recap. I'm David Kaplan. My partner's Gordon Wittenmeyer, national baseball writer, also covering the Cincinnati Reds and been on the Cubs beat forever. And you can also get our podcast audio only anywhere you get your podcast. All right, Gordon at GWMLB on Twitter. The Cubs came off a series, which we both said last week, Okay, we've seen them beat up on the Oakland A's, and we've seen them beat this team and that team. Baltimore's no joke now. They rolled in 18 games over 500, and the Cubs won the series, took two of three, and they swept the Pirates, and now they took the first game of the three games in Pittsburgh on Monday night. Your takeaway from comparing the Reds, who've won nine in a row, and the Cubs, who've won eight of ten and are playing good baseball. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, Cap. We said that, that that Baltimore series would be a telltale, and I think it was. I think what it showed us is that they've got all those pieces in the starting rotation going, right? Let me just give you some numbers on that. Stroman, Smiley, Steele, Hendricks. They're all healthy. They're all rolling. Those four guys right there are 24 and 12, 284 combined. That's why they have basically the best rotation in the National League, Stroman going for seven straight wins uh, this week. That's the one thing the Reds don't have is starting pitching. They've got everything else, and I don't know. It, the rest of it's just kind of magic and pixie dust. But they're the only team that's hotter than the Cubs in that division right now. And I would I would suggest that the, the Reds are in buy mode. They can take on some salary. We already know that if the Cubs choose to buy, they can do whatever the hell they want. If these two teams are serious and they go for it going toward the deadline, then I want you to keep two dates in mind. One is July 31st. Because of a rainout earlier this year, that three-game series in Cincinnati is going to be a four-game series. That could be huge in this division race if this stays anything close to the way it is now. The other one is September 1st. That's back at Wrigley Field for a rematch of the Red Sweep at Wrigley Field, a three-game series, right, right in the Labor Day weekend area. So you're looking at two key, potentially key series that I think, as I see both of these teams right now, could have a lot to say about the division. And uh, I'll, I'll, by the way, I'll give you one more stat, you know, because I know you're a Cubs fan. I know you love your Cubbies. I'm going to give you the one thing. The one thing to hang your hat on that that should make Jed probably is probably his worst nightmare, right? Because now he can't sell like he wanted to. He's going to have to buy. They're the only team in the NL Central that has a positive run differential. Even the Reds and the Brewers that have winning records have negative run differentials. And that is oftentimes a predictor. Now, 
I think it's a little less of a predictor this year because I think pitch clocks have tended to create big innings more often for some pitchers. So there, there might be some moments that skew those numbers, but overall that's a really good sign for the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs are number one in the National League in pitcher wins. Not that that it's rather rotation. Not that that's the be-all, end-all. They're number three in ERA, but they're getting guys to make big pitches in big spots. Example, Monday night, twice. Drew Smiley didn't have great command, walked five. Twice with a man on, he walks the next two hitters. He's got a bases-loaded jam in the third and the fifth, and guess what? He wriggles off the hook. Once, Connor Joe hit a laser to left right at Ian Happ. He gets the other guy in the fifth, and all of a sudden, you go, wow, they've got a, a lead. And then they add on, and they add on, and they look good. I still think they have a glaring hole at third base. Patrick Wisdom with a bad wrist is on the injured yeah. list. They've played Nick Madrigal there. Enough with this Miles Mastroboni fascination, and... I keep hearing they want to buy a third baseman. I threw out the name Justin Turner, but he's got a players-only option. He'll be 39. It's for $14 million. Unless Boston's going to eat a bunch of that money, then I don't see the Cubs taking on that type of commitment next year. Jesse Rogers, our friend from ESPN, threw out the name Jamer Candelario, the ex-Cub, who they traded Alex Avila deal. With Justin, uh, Justin, what was Justin name? Wilson. Justin Just, Wilson. Uh, he threw out that name. He's in Washington now. Excellent glove, and he's got a 799 OPS. Does he make uh, sense to you? He not only makes sense, he's the best third baseman in the league this year. I know everybody's in love with Nolan Arenado, and Nero, Nolan's come back from a, a slow start. But if there's a... The, the most deserving candidate to start the All-Star game at third base for the National League is Jamer Candelario. That's the kind of season he's had so far. So I think that that would be great if they can get him. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, to your point, you say glaring weakness at third. I don't think you're wrong, but I don't think that's going to make or break you. What they need to do, and this is a big advantage that the Cubs have in a – in a trade landscape, it might be very difficult to make trades because there may be a lot of buyers or at least few sellers because there's so many playoff spots and there's so many teams kind of kind of right on that brink. Some of the teams on that brink or maybe just below that brink have a lot of money invested in their team. They're not blowing it up. They, they, like the Phillies came back last year and, and got all the way to the World Series. They're not blowing anything up, and they're also hot right now. But the bullpen – is what the Cubs need to strengthen. And there may be more bullpen pieces. There may be more ways to get that done than, say, for instance, the Reds. They desperately need starting pitching. That's going to be way harder to come by, way more expensive, both in terms of player capital and possibly taking on salary. So it's possible that if the Cubs are willing to part with the right guys, they might be in better position to, to strengthen what needs to be strengthened for a run down the stretch, especially, I mean, I just can't say enough about what that rotation's doing. Yeah, so if the Cubs do want to go out and get a bullpen piece, the White Sox may be closer than many to being in sell mode. They want to dump salary. 
Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman. There are some guys out there that if you give them a pretty solid prospect and take all the money, which the Cubs can do, you might get yourself a really good setup type guy. You get Cody Hoyer back, and then you see where you go from there. But that might be the guy. Araldis Chapman's going to be available. So there are guys to be had. I tell you, the best way for the White Sox to get to the playoffs is for the Reds and the Cubs to go pick them clean of pitchers. The Reds can grab a couple starters. The Cubs can grab a couple relievers. Right. And those guys will get – some of those guys will get to the playoffs. What about Lucas Giolito? He'd be a guy – be a perfect fit in Cincinnati because his contract's up. I mentioned him in a story I filed last night for that reason. He, he would be perfect. It might be a – He's a, he's a really smart guy. He might respond to the change of scenery. And this clubhouse, let me tell you, this clubhouse is as good as any clubhouse I've covered. And that includes when those that young Cubs core came up and, and they did so many special things together before, before they got old enough to know any better. It feels like that, but, but this group has sort of even more continuity and cohesiveness they're, they're, uh, that one was more of a different kinds of personalities that all came together. And they also had more veterans in that clubhouse. This is all kids. They don't know any better. And, and they, they really have a friendship and faith with one another. I think Giolito, knowing the kind of person he is, would be a really good fit in that clubhouse. And it's going to be interesting. Marcus Stroman, we talked about this last week. Marcus Stroman came out, and I'm not going to talk anymore, but, you know, I've tried to engage, and then he went to Twitter, and then he talked to the media. Uh, He pitches on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. Would you give him – I was talking to somebody who covers the the team. They said they'd give him a five-year extension. I said, I'm not paying him at age 38. Would you give him four or five years? No, I think we talked about this last time. Look, um, I like the guy fine. I, I've talked to him since before he signed, and, and uh, I've got no issues with him. I think, he's, I think he's fine in the clubhouse. I don't think, you know, I, there were some issues in New York, right? And the, there were some people he didn't get along with, and he had some feuds within the media. He doesn't have that in Chicago. Um, but I don't like the way he went to, to Twitter and, uh, and, and, and took his negotiations. His negotiations weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to go anywhere anyway at that point. And they sure as hell weren't going to go anywhere if he took it public. Now, being a reporter, I want you to share with me what your thoughts are on that. Right. Uh, you don't need to negotiate through me, but if you want to, that's, that's fine. Uh, I do. I would like to know if you want to be back and all that, but it. Uh, you and I both know that uh, that kind of chapped the front office, and uh, I don't. I don't think they like that. And no, I. I don't. I would not. I just wouldn't. He's. Uh, I'd. I'd let this year play out before I make that decision. And I don't know if I'd go five and I don't know if the uh, open market will give him five. It might. I mean, look at all the wins he's getting. Look at his ERA. He should be an all-star this year. If he's healthy the rest of the way, maybe he'll get five from somebody, but that's the open market. I don't think that's an extension. Let me ask you a question. Could you see a scenario? Because I can't, because 
The Cubs are very PR conscious. I cannot see a scenario where they're in the race. They know they're not going to get an extension done. They trade him before the deadline. I don't see them doing that. No chance. If you're in the race, you don't do that. Look, opportunities to win, go to the playoffs, and, and do something special in October don't come along very often. And right. when you have starting pitching that's getting you there, that gives you a chance in October. What they need is to build redundancy in their bullpen. They need to be able to go to the bullpen in the fifth inning in any given game in October and know you got four guys, maybe five guys, that you can bring in and finish a game, and three or four of those will be ready to go the next day. you got so many updates built in there. You need to be able to do that with your bullpen, and then if you have this starting rotation, you can compete. And so – you look at what the Phillies did, what the Padres did uh, last year. That's, I mean, that, that Cleveland on pitching came within one game of making the ALCS last year and knocking off the Yankees and after beating the Rays. So that's what pitching does for you in October. That's what getting there does, especially in these wide open fields. And so uh, I, you not only can't do that from an optics standpoint and a PR standpoint, you can't do that from the standpoint of what you're hired to do. Correct. Go freaking win this thing if it's there. I mean, you know, I know that the NL Central, in my opinion, is the worst division in baseball. It, the AL Central's right there with it. Yeah, the, I don't know if the AL Central has a winning team right now. Uh, Minnesota might be 500. Maybe they're one. I think, I think they're, they're under. They're two lousy divisions. Yeah. But if you get in, and as you just astutely pointed out, you go, huh, Stroman's pitching game one. Whoever, Justin Steele or whoever it is, is pitching game two. Kyle Hendricks is going game two. You have a chance. No question. Now, here's the thing, right? We're getting all giddy. It's June uh, 20-something. 20th, 20th. Right. So so both the teams we're talking about right now are really, really hot right now. We're not at the midway point of the season yet. You're right. If, if this were September 20-something, now we'd be talking. Now, uh, can you imagine if it's the Cubs and the Reds in September for the division title? Oh, my. Um, I'm telling you, watch watch what happens in that July, early August series. See where they're positioned when September starts because they start September literally day one of September against each other. All right, let me ask you this question. For Cubs fans that are listening, we get so many of them. I believe that the Cubs will take on, if they're in it, if they believe, hey, we got a shot here. I believe they will take on whatever salary they have within reason, of course. But they're going to take on money. Oh, we can get that guy, and we can add to the bullpen. Oh, and we can do that, a bench bet. Yeah, Tom will green light the salaries being added because nothing would be more validating to the front office and the ownership than, yeah, we went through another rebuild, and we told you it'd be quicker than you thought and we're back and we're in the postseason. So I think they would do that. Do you think the Cincinnati Reds, if they were offered Lucas Giolito or whoever it is, a, a high-level pitcher, somebody that can absolutely help you get to the postseason, 
do you think their ownership would take on the money? I, I essentially asked that question of the GM on Tuesday, and I didn't get a straight answer. He does say that he's got resources. He says he's got more resources than he thought he had going into the season because they, they just released Will Myers making over $7 million. That's a big decision for them to make, and that's that because is. of how much faith they have in everybody else. They signed him to a one-year deal of the active players on the roster. He was the second highest paid this year. So for them to release him is a big deal. And they said at the time that they signed him in the offseason that they were stretching to their budget to do that, which indicated that, you know, they probably didn't expect to be where they are right now. And they didn't expect to be in a position to add. But he says now they are. So their, their attendance has trended upwards. So I think that that's a big deal. I think they got something like 30 or 40% higher attendance on Monday when Joey Votto returned uh, than they had gotten for any Monday of the season. And it's been trending that way lately because there's so much excitement with the team. So that'll tend to get you more resources from your ownership. And so I do think that on a short-term contract, they would take on salary because you're not going to see, you're not going to see Justin Verlander out there. Um, or, or, or Scherzer, you know, the guys that are making $40 million each, but you might see a, you might see an 18, $20 million guy and you prorate that. Now you're talking seven, seven something. I think they could do that. I know they could do it. I think they would do it. The, the big question is you've got some guys that might be out there that are, that have two, three more years left on their contracts. Some of those guys might be attractive. I'm not sure they'd do that. That would be an interesting – well, if the Cubs were in the market for a starter, that would be an interesting equation. Maybe if, maybe if there's a reliever like that, um, just because, you know, because uh, they should have some money coming off the books too. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens on the White Sox front with Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman. You know, Aaron Bummer hasn't pitched well all the time, but he's still got real quality stuff. He's a lefty. Lance Lynn, Giolito. Dylan Cease. What are they going to do with Dylan Cease? Right. If you're not, and he's a Boris guy. So if you're not going to pay him, you got to move him. And and you would think you could get a lot for him right now. A ton. This is going to be a scarce market for pitching again because there's there's going to be so many teams that are either on the fence and not and wait until the last minute to do anything, or teams that think they're buyers and have needs. And everybody needs pitching. So if you've got a guy like that, man, you could. You could make potentially make a killing. You could absolutely make a killing because if the Cubs were to go the opposite direction and not play well, Cody Bellinger said the other day, I'm sure you heard the comments, he said, look, it's a business. I get it. I understand. I'm on a one-year deal. I get it. But I really like it here, and I think we have a good vibe, and I think we have a team they can absolutely do something the rest of the way. So, again, I think it's a really good clubhouse. I think it's a really good vibe there. They just have to continue to play well. Yeah, and you bring up Bellinger. That's a great point because you asked about Stroman earlier. Bellinger's another one, right? I don't think either – Stroman's got another year on his contract if he doesn't opt out. Um, so, I don't know. But even if you don't extend either one of them, and I don't think Bellinger's getting extended – then you still play it out, right? If, they, if they're winning, if they continue this for the next couple of weeks, you still play that out. 
and and you try, you just maximize it because that that's the other side of the coin. I think realistically, you win him this season, saying Bellinger's going to be a guy that, if it works out the way we think it will, and he bounces back, probably the realistic the realistic thing that happens is we trade him. But if we catch lightning in a bottle and everybody's healthy and the pitching performs, maybe he's a guy that becomes the monster in the middle with the left-handed bat that transforms the lineup, which when he's been hitting is exactly what he's done. Let me ask you a question. Mike Talkman was with the Yankees. He's a kid from Palatine. He loves playing for the Cubs, and he's been phenomenal. On-base percentages – Top 10 in the game. He's been excellent defensively. He had a three-hit night the other day. He is driving the ball the opposite way the other day. He hits a home run against the Orioles to the left field. What happens to a guy like Mike Talkman? Because I feel like eh, he's an afterthought. Bring him in. All of a sudden, he's saying, Cody, you got to go to first, man, because I ain't giving up my spot. Yeah, you love it. You love stories like that, right? And I do and, too. And, and, and maybe this is a uh, several months long story, and that's it. Maybe it's a lightning in the bottle story, but maybe the change of scenery and playing at home and all those other intangibles have come into play and really clicked something for this guy. I do think. Look, Patrick Wisdom, right? You bring him in. He goes to the alt side. He makes his debut in 20. You got a bunch of fluidity on your roster in 21. You bring him in, and he performs well enough that, you know, he finally hits it, right? He's a first-round draft pick who never quite made it. But he becomes like this old, older rookie that's hitting a bunch of bombs. And uh, and then this, you know, he take, until recently here, he, you know, he took another step early in the season. Do you have a guy like that? In talking? I mean, is this a guy that – that maybe something clicks and now he can be a piece for a while. A great not, question. We don't know. I mean, you just don't know. You got to let it play out, but it doesn't cost you a hell of a lot of money to let it play out. So let her roll. Yeah. I was watching the game the other day on, uh, I think it was on Peacock. My son, Brett and I are watching the game and the Joe Girardi was in there. I can't remember who the other analyst was. And then the play by play guy. And they were discussing when Jed Hoyer built this team, he thought, yeah, we're probably another year away from getting uh, Pete Crow Armstrong and Mervis here to stay. And they said he built it with pitching and defense. And the defense that day was sensational. Ian Happ diving catch, Talkman diving catch, Swanson a backhand in the hole, guns a guy out, Nico Horner. And you look, Jan Gomes, excellent defensive catcher, Barnhart as his backup. You got Bellinger at first. You got Horner. You got Swanson. I don't know what they do at third. Then you go Hap, Talkman, Suzuki. That's a really good defense. And, yeah, you got these gold gloves out there. It's a really, really interesting way they constructed this team. Cap, we talked about it when the season started. Um, uh, Myself and a couple of other writers at various times in the offseason talked to to Jed about what it looked like he was putting together, and it looked exactly like that. Their run prevention was a sin the last couple of years. It looked like that's what he was doing, was addressing run prevention. His his position players could catch the ball, and, and he got pitchers. I mean, this is part of it, right? He doesn't have a lot of strikeout pitchers, 
he's got guys that they put the ball in play against. And so what happens? Shift goes away. You take the shortstop move in the second. You go get a gold glove shortstop. Now you're ready for when the shift goes away with a pitching staff that has the ball put in play. You go get Cody Bellinger. What did he do for the first couple months? He played gold glove center field for you. You got a gold glover in left. You got a guy that won a bunch of golden gloves in, in Japan in, in right. Like you said, you got the catchers. So this was absolutely the plan. It also costs less. If you need to go get a whole bunch of players, it costs less to go glove first. And so, and so that was part of it too. Like how can we get better faster? Pay, pay a bunch of guys a little bit less than if you go get, uh, get the big slug guy and, and then deal with how you're going to score runs after that. That's the other thing we said coming in on paper Unless Bellinger raked in the middle of that order as a lefty that made everybody around him better, how are they going to score more runs than they did last year, which is something they desperately needed to do? Well, Bellinger has produced, and they've had some growth areas in their lineup, and they haven't had to score a ton of runs all the time to win. I think I counted it up in this 10 games, right? Let me see if I got my – I don't have my – oh, yeah, yeah, I do. So – 10 games where they've gone eight and two, they've given up two runs or less five times and three runs or less seven times or seven and oh in those games. So uh, it just goes to show you, you know, when you, when you have that kind of run prevention night after night, gloves don't slump. You, you can get away with a half a run less a game, maybe. All right. I'll take, especially in this division, right? Yeah. I'll take Joe Kelly and Jamer Candelario. And why don't you throw in Aaron Bummer? We'll make a deal with the White Sox, a deal with the Nationals. Ask the good Lord for good health. And game on, baby. If, if, the, if the Cubs pull that off, if Jed makes that happen, that, that'll be the first thing that scares these Reds. Gordon, have a great rest of your day, man. I'll talk to you. All right, Kathy. Take care. There he is, the great Gordon Wittenmeyer. That is our Cubs recap podcast. Get it right here on YouTube and anywhere audio only where you get your podcast. For Gordon, for our great staff, I'm David Kaplan. Take that.